Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Scientia podcast. We are a group of international researchers from the Scientia Fellow Program EU Marie Slodowska Curie Actions. We're based in Oslo, and today here in the studio, it's me, Kate, and introducing uh, Vandana and Andrea, just like uh, Kate and I. Uh, they're also organizing uh, the podcasts, and so uh, we will get familiar with them. Hello, girls. Hello. Hi. Uh, great. Well, so first, maybe, Vandana, you can tell us a bit about where you're from and uh, how you ended up in Oslo. Uh, hi, everyone. I am from India, and I am here with my postdoc from the Marie Curie Science Fellow Program. So that's how I moved uh, north. And how long have you been in Oslo? I have been in Oslo for a year and a half now. And are you coping with the winter? Uh, yes, quite well. <laughs> I think I'm enjoying it. Question. <laughs> I'm enjoying it and getting used to the lack of sunlight here. Is this the first time you'd been somewhere so cold? And uh, no, I was uh, yes, yeah, so cold yes, but I was uh, previously in another um, postdoc position in uh, Glasgow. Okay. Um, but uh, more grayer uh, <laughs> weather. It's sunny. Yeah, it's than I thought. Yeah, <coughs> yeah. That's yeah. how they say. Grey and wet, I guess. Grey and wet. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, Norway seems good. Good. And how about you, Andrea? Where are you from? And uh, so I'm from Spain, as I guess many people can hear from my super English. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm from Spain, and I came here uh, for the first time when I was doing my PhD there. Uh, doing a research stay. And then afterwards, uh, once I finished my PhD, I got uh, a Scientia position as all of you guys. Mm -hmm. so, and that's why. And mm -hmm. how have you found it moving to Oslo? I found it interesting. <laughs> that could be a good word. <laughs> that's British of you. Yeah. <laughs> Very diplomatic. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to behave. <laughs> no, sorry. Um... I try. I find it interesting. It has been interesting because of the pandemic. Uh, yeah. I moved here for one year ago, same as Vandana, and of course, Spain is also different from the north here in in Norway. But um, I already knew a lot, so it was more in the adapting programs or process than the knowing the culture or anything else. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And is there something you miss most from back home? <laughs> Could I say to go out and have beers with your friends? <laughs> yes, <laughs> in a normal day? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, I guess everyone of us could uh, like also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pandemic has not helped with that either. No, I know. It's and not it's, so uh, good. super expensive as well, which also doesn't help. Yes, that's also the big difference. Like, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And how about you, Vandana? What do you miss most from home? I think I miss the food. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, like uh, Andrea said, um, going out more often with friends, hanging out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, is something I miss. Um, yeah. Previously being in Glasgow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can have a um, pre-adaptation period or yes. something. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, okay. But um, I also... I mean, we can say uh, inside of the Norwegian culture, uh, 
the food is not the best. I completely agree. <laughs> I mean, I was being a bit more diplomatic. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I have to behave straight. Sorry. <laughs> no, but anyway, um, as any other culture, they have very good things and very bad things uh, that we cannot discuss. And um, the food is not one of them, but all the nature they have here and how the society is built, all of this, maybe in a bad way, rules, but uh, also the organization and everything that I like a lot. And it has made it uh, easier, actually, to be able to go out. Of course, you don't go to a bar to have beers, but you are able to go for a walk outside and then it will be amazing, you know. You get a little too much of fresh air in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little big doses also of ice. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it works also, everything. Yeah, I agree with uh, Andrea. It's uh, nice if you like going, being more outdoors. And I like the Norwegian way of saying that it's not bad weather, but it's only bad clothing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you, <laughs> you wear the right clothing and you can be out, whether it's snowing, raining or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely got more coats than I've ever had before. Yeah. All the different <laughs> conditions. <laughs> yeah, some well, boots also. Yeah. 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 Well, in Glasgow, we had to have different coats and for every, almost every day of the, of the year. You oh, need wow. a different coat. Oh, wow. I never actually used umbrella there. Yeah, it's quite windy, so exactly. uh, umbrella doesn't, yeah. doesn't, doesn't work. work. Yeah. So you need like a waterproof or rainproof. Yeah, but you need jacket. different type of waterproof coats. coats. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like to get super wet and to get super, super wet. Yeah. <laughs> well, also depending on how windy it is and yeah. what's the temperature and so. etc. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's a whole like culture. I wonder if anyone has ever like talked about it and then uh, we should definitely make a podcast about it. It's so interesting. It's interesting to investigate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, we count how many coats we all own. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm British. It's all we do is talk about the weather. So <laughs> yeah. we could talk about that for hours. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's amazing. I, I, I love that. I found it so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I, I do get why because the weather changes all the time every five minutes. Yeah. It probably is different. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Never trusted a weather forecast as much as I've left yeah. the UK because it's yeah. never right. It's much better to go out and then everything is fine. Yeah. But um, I have uh, one curiosity. Uh, how did you feel about the work conditions? Mm. Yeah. Bandana? As, as I think it's uh, quite uh, nice. It's very integrated culture. So you never are left out. Like, mm. um, although language in terms of research is not a barrier and um, maybe outside it is a bit of a barrier but everyone speaks English so when I yeah. first moved to Norway uh, people said that nobody speaks English here okay. and I was uh, quite apprehensive of moving yeah but when I visited Norway for the first time I think it was wonderful everybody speaks English yeah and that kind of also is a problem because everybody wants to practice speaking English. And yeah. so when you try to speak mm -hmm. Norwegian, it's uh, quite <laughs> difficult to learn the language. Yeah. yeah, that's actually not my experience. Uh, in my group, every, everyone speaks English because we are finally in this environment of science. So you need to actually know how to communicate in that language. But they love so much to talk in Norwegian and we act. They don't force anyone, but uh, it's a very good plus if you speak uh, Norwegian. And we have the meetings in Norwegian, oh, some yeah. of them. 
Yes. So it's sometimes a bit challenging. That uh, it could be a, maybe a little bad point of my experience coming here to Norway mm -hmm. uh, with the language. I talk with a lot of different regions, and you always get like, yeah, it's nice we talk English, but it could be nicer if you could talk Norwegian. No, they kind of always said so. That's my experience. You know how how is for you? Yeah, that's interesting. So I'm in a group where I'm the only non-Norwegian. Okay. And actually, they all speak in English. Okay. Which that's really I think nice. I've had the same sort of experience as Vandana is that I've struggled to learn Norwegian because everyone speaks English to me, and it's made me a bit lazy. Which yeah, <laughs> <laughs> completely understandable. So I, I do. Yeah, I, I am trying, and but it's definitely a very slow process for me. Yeah, um, for me also. So, do you have a lot of non-Norwegians in your group, or is is the majority uh, Norwegian? No, we are just two from outside. Okay, uh, all the rest uh, are Norwegians. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I don't think it's nothing bad, but it's very interesting to come to another country and actually learn everything related to their culture. And language is a big part of yeah. it. And you understand a lot of things when you learn the language because then a lot of expressions and everything. I found that very interesting. Yeah. But when it has to become a kind of an obligation to find yeah. a job, I think then it becomes frustrating yeah. and challenging. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, well, we have to do so much anyway. Like, you know, we've got big, complicated jobs as well. Yeah. And then mm. you've got to learn the language on top. I can understand yeah. it getting... So have you had to prioritize learning Norwegian as well then? Do you think? Uh, in my personal case, I would like... I, I kind of prioritize it because uh, my couple is from here. And uh, then okay. I found it much easier also just related to normal life yeah. not only at work at work is always easy because then we have always the English yeah. but when you want to sign any document or any other thing you have to do outside of work then everything mostly is in Norwegian and yeah. then yeah. it's just translate yeah, yeah good yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah definitely so how was your experience Filipa? Uh, yeah uh, I think that I didn't have uh, so much of a, um, a barrier language shock um, everybody where I am speaks English uh, of mm -hmm. course most people are Norwegian uh, even in the outside the, the lab so they do speak Norwegian I think it's good to train the sounds hearing yeah. the sounds then yeah. it becomes easier to reproduce it mm -hmm. when you try uh, so I tried to prioritize learning Norwegian and then I understood that I simply don't have the time for it yeah. because what happens is that then you have so many things to to do when you when you move and you start a new work and you have to adapt a new culture and you have to take care of uh, uh, registering with immigration yes. and this and that or probably still moving uh, other things from your previous work, etc., uh, you need to have a very strong driver and motivation yeah. to dedicate the bit of energy and time that you have left to learn a new language. And so I did do that effort in the beginning and then I never used it. Yeah. So even what I learned, I forgot and I don't get to practice it. Um, yeah. So it's like uh, one day I will learn proper Norwegian. And I feel quite embarrassed actually sometimes that I've yeah. been here for two years and I can't actually have a conversation in Norwegian, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I think it's, it's two big parts of actually learning a language is uh, the motivation to actually learn it and the practicing. Yeah. And if you lack yeah, yeah. the practicing, then it becomes very, very complicated yeah. also. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, that was challenging. I also mm -hmm. have a slight theory that... 
Norwegians are perhaps less used to hearing non-native speaking Norwegian. Yeah. As English, like, I can hear people mm. speaking any kind of form of Accents, variation yeah. and I can usually figure <laughs> out what someone's saying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I feel like if I get it slightly wrong... They they no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, yes, so that's, that's been true. a bit of a struggle. But, yeah, that's um, true. But it's good. It's I'm I'm wanting to learn. So yeah. I think it, and I do like it as a language. Yeah, I think it's like a it's a beautiful sounding language. So yeah. it's a very one good day exercise. We'll get Maybe one brain. day we'll do five mm, minutes yeah. in Norwegian. <laughs> we should we should try to learn together. Yeah, 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 that would be we a goal. We should uh, have uh, like uh, the Norwegian word of the episode. Yeah. Goal, goal for the Sienke fellows <laughs> to learn the language. We have yeah. our own Spork Cafe. <laughs> that would be great. Definitely. Cool. All right. So I think maybe we should actually have a chat about the science. Yeah. So Vandana, what's your uh, research focused on? So mine is basically computational work. I'm a computational biologist. I work uh, with mathematical modeling and techniques called as uh, complex networks. Mm -hmm. And currently I am looking at the synergy between viruses and cancer and trying to see how a virus can cause cancer because we know there are a lot of cancers that are caused by viruses like wow. um, liver uh, cancer by hepatitis C and uh, papilloma virus yeah. causes the... Um, um, cervix yeah. cancer. Cervix cancer. Yeah. yeah. That sounds very interesting <laughs> and complicated. Yeah, so <laughs> at the same time. I was going to say so, for those of us not in that area, what do you kind of mean by that? Like, are you working on population data or are you working on individual data? Like, how do you. So, this is basically working on uh, at the molecular level, okay. like looking at the proteins, the genes. And we know that proteins and genes intertalk like social mm -hmm. network. Mm -hmm. So basically, I look at these connections between proteins, how they interact, just like friends interact, mm -hmm. and see how if one protein is triggered, how would that affect the network or, or the system? Mm. How would that affect the communication in Which ourselves? consequences? Yeah. Yeah. And then it gets even more complicated because as a human, you have your own system and you balance it, something called as homeostasis. But when you have a viral infection, it's something different that's triggered. Mm. So yeah. I try to look at uh, the common proteins, genes to say, in mm. simple terms, and how we can identify drugs mm. that's used either in cancer therapy towards viral treatment or vice versa. Okay. Mm. So then your work would be sort of then taken into the lab somewhere. Yes. Yeah. We collaborate with the people who work with the viruses or wet lab. Okay. Mm. And we work together. And then that gets feedback into your research yes. as well, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Wow. Really interesting. Yeah. Actually. And how about you, Andrea? What's your focus? I'm not even that interested. <laughs> Interesting person. <laughs> my my focus right now because I changed completely from my PhD. Uh, right now is obesity and type two diabetes, so okay. metabolic disorders. Mm -hmm. We could uh, put them in a box. And in very very concrete uh, point of view, we are studying muscle. Okay. So we take a little piece of muscle from mm -hmm. different people, which I guess they are not so happy after. <laughs> <laughs> And then we try to get themselves uh, to 
to get the cells from them. And then we just study the metabolism, how that cells are. Are they good? Are they bad? Do they eat enough? Do they like just are, to... Are these people already uh, type 2 or uh, beginning type 2 healthy? How yeah, is uh, the design? It depends the on the project. Uh, mm. In concrete, in my project, we are just uh, focusing in um, lean and obese people, uh, which means... Uh, yeah, we study by some range of different weights uh, from the people, and then we divide them on, on that two groups, and then we check uh, after a treatment uh, of food uh, how their cells, how their muscle has mm-hmm. uh, changed or not. Okay. Um, and do you follow those people over time as well to see yes, whether they do go on yes, to develop? Yes, the whole project, or my project is a little part of a big project. One is uh, more... Um, they start the supplement of the food and then we follow up for seven weeks and then we follow up again three weeks with exercise and we are checking and taking muscle from them in the different points to see actually how that evolution goes and how this, for example, in this case is a food treatment affects either to obese people or to lean people or something if we actually see some differences. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's a very interesting project. Yeah, it is an interesting yeah, well, project. But it's, not, it's not computational. <laughs> You're selling yourself short. I think you um, always think other people's research yeah, sounds way more yeah. exciting because you're sort of... So yeah, in your own field. You very, yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah. I have always a lot of much more curiosity on other ones <laughs> than in my own. I don't, maybe that's wrong. Well, that's but actually, now I'm curious because you said uh, your PhD was quite different. What uh, was a... Uh, your research on? Oh, yes. Uh, my <laughs> <laughs> That's a big change. Uh, so I changed from working in the joints with cartilage mm-hmm. uh, and osteoarthritis mm-hmm. to suddenly metabolic uh, disease. Of course, everything is related. Yeah, 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 everything is related. You know, We are talking about body, but um, everything is metabolism. But um, the topic, the disease hmm. is quite different, actually. Well, that's, but that's good for you, for your... Um, yeah, I learned a lot. Yeah. I learned a lot. Yeah. It's good to, to move it a bit It opens of the me other, other doors, definitely. Mm-hmm. That's good, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, and so then I think, um, how have you found the work culture sort of here compared to, to back home? What do you mean? Can you repeat? So in terms of like, do you find it different working in labs here compared to back home or like within your group? Or? Uh, yes. As uh, Vendana said at the beginning also, uh, the system is quite different. There is no hierarchy or hierarchy. How you could say yeah, it? Hierarchy. Hierarchy. <laughs> Sorry. No? Uh, or if, it's not that it's not hierarchy, but um, he's much more flexible. Of course, now I'm a postdoc uh, is not designed to be a student a PhD student but anyway it's much uh, I f- I'm so comfortable in this position now because I feel like I can actually I don't know expand my mm-hmm. knowledge by collaborating with many amazing people as I'm sharing today <laughs> and no but also to get to learn to another system and everything the lab work doesn't change so much because yeah. finally it's all about the same but it's also very interesting to get to another type of organization lab. And I don't know, here we have even offices. Uh, I'm not used to that, <laughs> you know. It's like, oh, yeah. true. I think that's a huge uh, difference between the, the Southern European culture. And yeah. then when you move uh, North uh, Europe, uh, even if you're at the UK in the UK, yeah. you will see that change 
immediately mm. considering where you're coming from. So it's a cultural thing. It's a cultural Not thing. Not so much of a academia or science structure. I think I was in the wrong place in the UK though, because I did not have an office. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. of course. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. What do you think about Bandana? I guess in India was quite different also. Yeah, so it's not an office culture. It's like uh, each lab does their work and stuff. Mm. But uh, for me, it was quite different because my PhD was in information technology Uh uh, institute. So... We were all integrated like an open office. Mm-hmm. So ah. we would uh, have sit with PhDs and postdocs from different backgrounds, which was quite nice. I think that helps a lot in uh, research. Yes, yeah. it does because um, it widens your knowledge. And if you are stuck with something, you just yeah. quickly ask somebody. Mm-hmm. But the good thing is uh, even here, even though if it's office system, uh, I at least share position at the hospital and at the university. So... At the hospital, we are more integrated with different... I have people doing lab work sitting with me. So if I don't understand some bit, I just ask them about the experiment part. And it's quite good. That's Um, really nice. At least with respect to our department of cancer genetics at the hospital. They are very, very open to collaborations. Yeah, I feel, I feel it's like a very easy way of communicating yes. with the people over you and with the people yeah. under you. And I think that helps a lot uh, yeah. in research to actually go forward. Yeah, and even here at the university, I'm at the Department of Biostatistics. So they are also a very helpful group. Oh. So you have some problem and people are very open to help you with it. How is the biostatistics? It sounds very complicated for me also. <laughs> It's good. I'm getting there. <laughs> uh, it's quite nice because I um, people are from different backgrounds, so mm. and we all do different work. Uh, but like I more specialize in application side. Someone focuses more on the theoretical side, yeah. and we collaborate so we can make a better project. Okay. And the good thing I found here is that people are more open to share yes. their uh, yes. research, to their go data, up together. Yeah, yeah, and also with the lab stuff because most places I have seen that uh, they are very apprehensive to sharing mm. data. Yeah. Whereas over here, uh, it's quite good. So yeah. I think that makes science better. Actually, exactly yeah, to be able to be open and to yeah. share and to discuss, and not only that, also just to get other people, other backgrounds and everything. That I, I agree that's a very big benefit from here in Norwegian culture, actually. Yeah, I, I don't know in other yeah. places, but... Uh, yeah, I think that uh, the more uh, we get more knowledge, the more we understand that uh, the knowledge that you can have is not enough to fully understand the whole thing that you're even, that you're actually studying. Uh, so you do need to collaborate because there's only so mm. much time and, and it's so much yeah, knowledge yeah. one person can get. It's much more effective process. Yes. Yeah. You, you get there faster and it's much nicer, definitely. Yeah. And it's always the people you don't think will potentially contribute something that you suddenly get a new perspective and, um, you know, learn something new. Yeah, I, I completely agree. So I think it's it's quite a good working culture in Norway. And also the fact that uh, people like outdoors. So in lunch break, you can just go for a walk, (laughs) have some fresh air. Yeah, absolutely. I think like being able to go outside and see all the different nature is just amazing. And the work-life balance. So that's really nice. Mm. Yeah, Mm, definitely. 
Yeah, I remember the first week I was here, like the first day, one of someone came into the office and was like, you can go home now. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what? Now it's time for it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So that's like just a completely different perspective. Mm, yeah. on, How do you feel? I think that was a bit of a shock for absolutely. me. Absolutely. Yeah, the scheduled timing. Mean. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. How they actually... The, what? What what do you mean everyone is leaving? Like, yeah. Like <laughs> Yeah, no one works here in the afternoons. <laughs> yeah. I think in the, the that thing I don't know if you've had this experience of uh, going into a lab at 7 or 8 p.m. and not everybody but at least someone would be there at mm. any yes. time of the year yes. of the day. Yes. If you would walk someone would be there and no one's there. No. It's it was uh, now I'm used to it. And yeah. actually, when someone it, is there, I start, I'm like, oh my God, here. <laughs> yeah, you're, like, I thought it was alone <laughs> and, uh, you know, almost singing and, uh, yeah, but it's in the beginning. <laughs> it's a yeah. different way and you need to adapt to it, actually. I come during my PhD, my supervisor was um, kind of um, very strict with the timing. Mm. Uh, in Spain, we are used to be there so long, so many hours just working and doing a lot of different techniques and everything which is another way of working. Mm -hmm. And then when I came here, it was like, mm, okay, so I I can actually do the same work, but uh, in the normal hours. Yeah, exactly. It's not like amazing. working less. It's no. just working sort of it's not. It's not about to work more. Yeah. It's about to be efficient. Yeah. And they are very, very smart being very efficient. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I was wondering how was uh, just your experience... Uh, coming here and having your own project because I know some of you this is your second postdoc in the work mm -hmm. and how is that about to have your own project or this is my first one so oh, okay. I don't know uh, so you oh. mean like what it's like to be motivating your own research? Oh, I, I moved to... because I wanted my own project again. Yes, <laughs> yes, definitely. Because uh, my uh, first postdoc it was um, a, a contract within a, a, a project grant and um, yeah, and I I know, no, I yeah, still, I have to have the drive. Yeah, and, my yeah. point is more like we're talking about science now, so I want to show how the ideas come up, mm. how you get to actually say, oh, I'm a researcher and I have my project. Yeah, how that started for you? <laughs> it came naturally. Well, I think I mean I'm from a slightly different field from from the rest of you, where That's I true. I work on sort of more of a psychology, psychiatry sort of people level. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think um, from my PhD, I've always had my sort of own project and mm -hmm. sort of Thanks. driven the work that way. Um, and I guess just because we tend to do longer projects so like it can take like a whole year to collect data yeah. from one experiment and so it's yeah usually you'll have just one or two people working on that rather than like a whole group adding different elements to something yeah. um so I think on, on that basis like it's it's quite natural for me to sort it of comes be doing up. that yeah mm -hmm. but actually now I am working on a bigger project ah. um so I still have my own focus within that um like so I, I'm focused on sleep research and everyone else has different aspects but we still all then collaborate on a on a yeah. one data set which so it's slightly flipped for me mm. which is interesting that's also very interesting yeah yeah yeah, it's same for uh, like Kate, that uh, in my PhD, I had my own project. My first postdoc was my own project. I had another fellowship ah. that I went to UK. And so it 
kind of was gradual, although writing up your own project and an application is quite stressful. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. Yeah. So quite challenging. Part. <laughs> but yeah. um, it's quite motivating because then you know whether your ideas have some meaning and yeah. how it can translate into mm. something that you want to do. Yeah, and, that's very. Um, it's kind of it's your own idea, so yeah. you have money to do what you want to do. Yeah, and that's um, something that motivates yeah. me. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, I, I think course. this uh, this correlates a little bit with what uh, we were discussing before about the work hours, uh, not yeah. so much of the uh, the work, but how much, um, how many hours people tend to do in a week or in a day, because um, I have this idea that here there's not so many postdoc fellowships. Mm-hmm. Like we are lucky. Mm-hmm. And uh, so most people maybe don't really have their own project, their own drive. Yeah. And I think if you have that drive, you will naturally do more hours because you have, it's like your baby and you have it's some like sort really, of an emotional yeah. attachment to it. Definitely. And you have this idea and you have to go to the lab and test. Yes. Um, and to look for... And, uh, yeah. Oh, but it's, uh, I don't know... Um, 6 p.m. already, the day is off. No, no, no. I just had this idea and I have to set up this overnight yeah. because tomorrow I'm going to do this. Yeah. And then you change your whole plan of the week because mm. now you want to test this. Uh, yeah. And I think uh, maybe this uh, thing of having, um, not having your own project and having your own project will also change the dynamics of how people work. Yeah, the, um, like the environment yeah. or something. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. My question was more like that exactly as you three answer because uh, here you kind of have the possibility to um, apply for a postdoc uh, which I guess it has kind of a project description. Yeah. Maybe a not uh, developed one but uh, something that you can just kind of join in. Mm-hmm. And our experience here in Norway is not that. We have, we are four women sitting here. <laughs> we have designed and developed our own idea and it has been uh, successfully approved for the Ciente Fellows. Well, I think that is a really good way to end because we've uh, <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> already been chatting about this for uh, probably uh, a little while longer than we intended. But okay. I think it's so interesting to to hear everyone's sort of thoughts on all of this. Mm, I agree. Um, okay, so uh, you put the Portuguese and the Spanish in the table and then, you know, you're complaining <laughs> that the people are chatting too much. <laughs> I know. <Yeah>. We are sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's really good. It's really interesting to, yeah. to hear about everyone's experience. So, um, and if you ever need a, an episode for rambling and just talk about <laughs> random stuff, I think we could just sit we here. Can, take a we can sit here all along and chat. <laughs> Let us talk. Just stop recording. <laughs> but on that note, since uh, we need to end really quick, um, the question is what's next in your career? So maybe, Andrea, you can go with it. That's actually a very good question. <laughs> no, it's something I ask myself every day and I don't either. It's like, um, you never know. And um, I've learned to live in uncertainty. Mm. So I just go with the flow. What is nice? I would like to have a work, but <laughs> yeah. you never know. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's hard in research. Yeah, that's like short contracts. We could record another podcast about that. I think that. we could. <laughs> How to cope with your contracts yeah. <laughs> as a postdoc. So. Yeah. And you, Vandana? Uh, I think thing? it's the same. It's kind of uncertain, but um, I would like to probably be an entrepreneur. So let's see how oh. that journey goes. Uh, All right. Cross fingers. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, there is still uncertainty. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, 
Let's see. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. that uh, song? I don't remember who sings that. Uh, ex- hoping for, for the best, but expecting the worst. It's it's some eighties um, song. Uh, yeah, it's some eighties song. I'm not going to sing it because <laughs> I will absolutely butcher it. I love to sing when I'm terrible. Uh, I think it's a little bit of how we <laughs> approach it. We have yeah. to approach and 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 live this. Just be open to opportunities. Yeah, living yeah. in the uncertainty uh, can. Uh, bring uh, the best opportunities. That's true. Yeah, that's true. I agree. And uh, we hope for the best, but we expect the worst. Yeah, yeah, yes. definitely. <laughs> definitely. Okay. So, so that's good. Yeah, great. Uh, thanks, Kate and Philippa and Andrea. To, uh, yeah. It was nice joining you all here. Yeah. yeah. I hope uh, everyone who's listening to us uh, will like what we say. <laughs> 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 we'll find out if, that soon. If, if, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Mm. Thanks very much. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.